from the musician and activist Holly Near. I am open and I am willing for to be hopeless would seem so strange. It dishonors those who go before us. So lift me up to the light of change. There is hurting in my family. There is sorrow in my town. There is panic in the nation. There is wailing the whole world round. I am open and I am willing for to be hopeless would seem so strange. It dishonors those who go before us. So lift me up to the light of change. May the children see more clearly. May the elders be more wise. May the winds of change caress us, even though it burns our eyes. For I am open and I am willing, for to be hopeless would seem so strange. It dishonors those who go before us. So lift me up to the light of change. Give me mighty oak to hold my confusion. Give me a desert to hold my fears. Give me a sunset to hold my wonder. Give me an ocean to hold my tears, for I am open and I am willing, for to be hopeless would seem so strange. It dishonors those who go before us, so lift me up to the light of change. In this week, in this moment, there is indeed a hurting in my family. There is a sorrow in my town. There is a panic in the nation. There is wailing the whole world round. As we watch and count and hope, what happens next? When the counting is done, when we know the results, what do we do? I find myself turning to the wisdom of ages. One of my favorites is from the book of Micah. What does your Lord ask of you? 
but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. This year is a struggle when living with so many people who will not abide by mercy or justice or humility. This morning after the election is going to last for some time to come, whatever the results. And that may not be so bad if we pay attention and are open and willing. I want to offer a few thoughts and I'm going to structure them around the hard news, the good news, and the work to come. So first, the hard news. The hard news is that this election was close. This week could have been a clear repudiation of policies and leadership that promoted selfishness and self-interest. This week could have been a clear no to dismantling structures that we depend on in our society that help everybody function, that place humans first over power and money. This could have been a week of that repudiation. But that was not this week. That was not this week. The practice of power by those who wield it and want to keep it for themselves has become our social curriculum. Now, it's been the case for a very long time, four centuries. But some of us are waking up to how it is now the curriculum of this year in particular. When we talk about racism or other forms of bias, other forms of oppression, we have an opportunity to look at where that comes from, what is truly the motivation. And Ibram Kendi talks about if you follow the money or follow the power, that therein lies the justification. Race can be a useful example, it can be a useful tool to divide us, gender, ability, all of those. But the priority is, how do the people who want the power get the power and keep it? And we're getting an example of that in this moment, in this year. Those of us who benefit from empire, from white supremacy, from ableism, from heterosexism, without awareness or acknowledgement. This year, we have had a chance to listen to our siblings in marginalized communities, 
They have been shouting this, this reality at us until they have no breath left in them. Four years ago, after the 2016 election, part of what was so devastating, and I saw this in millions of people and I saw this in myself, were the implications of all that was going to come. All of the hardship, all of the suffering, all of the, the potential restrictions on human bodies and human lives, That was on the docket then. In this moment, no, we couldn't have predicted a pandemic, but we're getting a deep, deep lesson in how difficult and how terrible the systems of oppression are upon us and how much we need leaders who are ethical, who are thoughtful, who are committed to service, to in fact fulfill those obligations and consider all the people, all of us, that each one of us matters. We have borne so much the brunt of those in power wanting to keep the power and have been working on this for a very, very long time. People have been pitting races against each other in the continued interest of a few for centuries. The hard news is that many of us in this country were willing to go along with more of that. That is the hard news. We're willing to go along with placing men in power in particular as well over all other people. That the strong man was the right man or the image of the strong man. We are also finding that that form of strength, that image of strength is not that strong either. The hard news is that there is a great struggle to come. We have much learning to do, but there is so much in place that will make life harder for all of us that we are still dying because of everything that has been in place for such a long time and has been put in place this year in terms of systems, in terms of judges, in terms of elections. That is the hard news. What I am reminded of is that we can take this seriously, thoughtfully, and try to go beyond our own perspective. That is where some of the good news begins. Because there are also, what is also true, is how many people 
poured their hearts and minds and bodies into making our world better this year in this particular contest. How many people went out, including so many people from this congregation, went out into the world willing to be out in light of the pandemic and serve and help others. We have millions of people every day practicing compassion and dedication and service all around us. We see this in when strangers help each other, when our neighbors help each other, when we help them, that our impulse is to help. That by itself is good news. That impulse to help is still so present and around us and among us. We look to our elders who are helping elders, such as former President Jimmy Carter, still modeling for us how to be of service. Part of the good news is a little bit difficult news too. In this moment, my understanding is that the lack of repudiation, the people who were willing to go with more racism and white supremacy is part of the system wanting to take a last grasp and not let go. While so many people are saying, no, we have had enough. This is a difficult moment. This is, and for, some, for many of us, can be a dangerous moment of how to speak up how to live out, how we want to help, knowing that this can be a really, this can be one of the more dangerous moments when you're dismantling a system that wants to stay in power. And we've been seeing this in our, in our congregations that have been offering sanctuary to protesters, for example and how reactive the protests, the, the reactive systems have been to largely, basically peaceful protests. People saying, no, we are witnessing what's going on and we're not going to take it anymore. That is some of the good news. So we have the hard news, and we have the good news. So now what's the work to come? Again from Holly Near. May the children see more clearly. May the elders be more wise. May the winds of Change caress us, even though it burns our eyes. There's a simple graphic that's been going around uh, 
that illustrates a conversation between a parent and a child. And the child is saying to the parent, but what if they lose? What if they lose? And the parent says, then we keep fighting for all the rights of the people. And the child, and if they win, if they actually win, oh, my dear child, it is the same answer. Or, as another person said, who wins determines the kind of work we have ahead of us, not whether or not we have work to do. Let me offer a note on how I understand work in this context. I take this idea of work in a Montessori spirit of engagement and discovery that leads to widening my experience and my horizons. I work in community with people because it is far, the work is far more than any one of us can do alone. And I need other people's knowledge and wisdom. I need your perspective. I need, I need everybody else's understanding. Amy Pop offered the story from former President Obama that calls forth so many people who have been doing the work each in their particular lives. The accumulation of that effort and that excellence is with us. We get to learn how to be good ancestors right now. The stories of those in the past helps us, trains us up to be the ancestors we want to be for the people to come. For Unitarian Universalists, we have many ancestors. The one that really comes to mind this moment is 20th century Unitarian Universalist theologian James Luther Adams, because he calls on us to be an examined faith and to take time seriously. We place ourselves deep in our liberal tradition by practicing self-criticism and being open to growth. That is the examined faith. We take time seriously by seeking to embody our ethical commitments in history. We are the history that will be. We can reflect on ourselves and all that we do, be open to discovery, and take our place in this moment with all the gravity that we should. A more recent ancestor, Alondria Williams, who just died this summer at the age of 42, was a Unitarian Universalist leader and organizer. A recent ancestor in a long line of people who are open and willing, and E reminded us, to everyone that has the courage, the power, the ability to co-create what we want and need while rooting in what we can't lose, and who we are, you are the visionary. You are the hope. 
You are our ancestors' dreams. No, you might never end up on someone's list somewhere, but you are on a list in someone's mind and heart. And if it's in how you move in the world, so people can see by example, you are the embodiment of what we need. Thanks to all that are the embodiment. The embodiment not of productivity, but the embodiment of radical love and care and sanctuary. In the past four years, there has been so much movement in listening, witnessing, believing, understanding, and accepting the truth that has been among us for so long of how pervasive our systems of oppression are, of the desire to hold power is, of how that shows up every day for millions of people across the country, those of us who benefit from our positions of privilege, we choose when to engage, and we must keep choosing this recognition. There is so much to, to grasp, to comprehend, and then so much to say, how shall I live differently because I have seen this truth in my life? We have lived proof this week of how every life and every vote matters, that what we do in fact truly makes a difference. And with that knowledge, we can move forward. So along with waking up to Holly Near, as I did this morning, there was another one, another song in my heart. Woke up this morning in my mind, it was stayed on freedom. Woke up this morning in my mind, I was stayed on freedom. Woke up this morning in my mind, and I was stayed on freedom. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Talmud tells us to go back to the book of Micah of walking humbly and doing justly and loving mercy. The Talmud tells us, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now, love mercy now, and walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. There has been so much good news that has come forth from this moment. Let us take up that word, take it into our hearts, and move forward into what comes next. Our closing hymn is There is More Love. And this version is from the Democracy Revival, created for October 25th by 16 Unitarian Universalists from across Illinois in partnership with the Unitarian Universalist Prison Ministry of Illinois and the UU Advocacy Network of Illinois. When we sing together, 
we keep on moving forward toward love, hope, peace, and a lived experience of justice. So may we go forth.